0: welcome to the eat right nutrition podcast where we partner with experts in the health wellness and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science real facts and real food i'm your host darone
1: and i'm nicole
0: today we're going to explore behavior motivation your primary foods and why you can't get your shit together
1: And then with these headphones on, they're still warm.
0: These are hot headphones.
1: They are. They're kind of like earmuffs. Oh.
0: Earmuffs. That's a weird word. Earmuffs. Earmuff.
1: I know. Where did the word muff come from? Earmuff. I, I don't know. <laughs> and I know where you're going with that. No, I'm, I'm not that. going anywhere. I just yeah, thought I can, muff was a weird word. <laughs> Earmuff is a weird word. <laughs>
0: can I Google that?
1: Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Google it. They certainly keep you warm.
0: I don't really know. That, I'm not getting clear answers here.
1: Well, that's another whole nother level of research that we'll have to get you to do. All
0: right. We're going to do a whole topic on earmuffs. <laughs> the origin. We can do an hour on earmuffs.
1: Or the origin of earmuffs.
0: We can talk all about, <laughs> we Muff, talk all about <laughs> Chester Greenwood and his, uh, his life story. And how he invented earmuffs when he was 15.
1: Dude, he was 15?
0: That's what it says.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: At the age of 15. Wow. Boy genius. Overnight success. He could have called them Chesters, and then we would have just been wearing Chesters on our ears. (laughs) All right. So, earmuffs.
1: Are you ready to talk about primary foods? We're going to kick off today's episode with some primary food discussion. I'm excited. This is one of my favorite
0: topics. Sure. There's a concept of primary and secondary foods, right? So this concept thinks of essentially all the things that you consume on a daily basis. And it's not just consumption of your food, like the physical consumption, but it's also the consumption of things around you. So what primary foods are, examples of primary foods would be healthy relationships with other people, regular exercise and activity, fulfilling career self-care, and self-love. And secondary foods are your actual edibles, your consumables, which are going to be carbs, fats, protein, and water. The thought process behind primary and secondary foods is that primary foods are the drivers of your decision-making and your secondary foods. So if you can't get your shit together in your life, essentially, you're not going to be able to get your nutrition and your wellness on track. So that's kind of the piece of coaching where we say, you got to focus on your life. And that to me is real lifestyle change. It's not Anybody that's gone through a fitness journey, successfully coming out of the other end knows that not only focusing on your fitness, it's also about being successful in the other areas of your life and controlling your consumption of things, whether that be something negative in your life, you have a negative relationship, you don't have a healthy relationship with somebody, maybe you got to drop them out of your life. or maybe you you need couples counseling and you're you know your husband and wife. And you guys need to work on building a healthier relationship because right now your relationship might not be so healthy. Uh, The other piece to it is regular exercise and activity, keeping your mind right. To some people, regular exercise and activity is a a stress reduction technique. That's like therapy. It's like therapy. Exactly. It's therapeutic to people. Now, if you're first, if you're at the beginning of your journey with fitness and exercise, it might be a little bit more stressful now. But you also have to keep in mind that you need to be patient. And you need to move forward in that progress and and in those steps, and eventually it becomes therapeutic. It's like a person who just starts running and then ends up running marathons. I, I've never experienced this. I've experienced this through, high. Through, yeah, I've experienced this through weightlifting. Where like I've worked out and I'm like, oh shit! Like I did I just like somebody slip ecstasy in my water bottle or something, <laughs> um, because that is a, you've, I've, I've gotten to points where I finished a workout and it's been so euphoric and it makes you really, really feel good. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece to it is the fulfilling career. If you're not happy with your job and I'll use myself as an example, when I've left the fitness industry for four months at a time thinking, Oh, I, I got to live like everybody else. And I have to have, you know, steady nine to fives, just like everybody else. And I've left and I've gone f- like four months stints and, worked on whatever job it was and it was unfulfilling like that's why it only lasted four months because i i i can't live like that i can't be a drone i can't be a desk slave it's just not for me for some people they can handle it for even longer periods of time some people look at it and say hey i've got a long-term goal i'm going to work on this job at this job for now for the time being and uh you know eventually i'm going to do what i want for me i just wasn't capable of doing something like that so fulfilling career i mean that kind of bleeds into your life right
1: Right. Well, you you and I have talked about this before. When you were in those uh, four-month stints where you were doing something that you didn't love, you weren't motivated to exercise, you made different food choices, correct?
0: Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a job where I worked four months for a supplement manufacturer. A, I didn't mm-hmm. believe in their products. I'm not going to talk about who the company is, obviously, but... Um, a I I didn't believe in the products. I didn't believe in what I was doing Uh, I was dealing with customer complaints all day and I was like, oh, maybe I can move up with this company But you know, eventually I kind of realized hey, I this isn't for me. I'm sitting at a desk all day I'm staring at two computer screens. I'm I got blue light in my face all day and uh, you know, it just wasn't good for me. It wasn't I didn't work out. I ate like shit It it was a disaster and then i'm i'm like, hey, my life is in fitness health wellness and nutrition
1: yeah, you definitely didn't have your shit together.
0: <laughs> didn't have my shit together. Um, I didn't actually realize that. I just said that. So, yeah, I didn't have my shit. <laughs> because it's true, right? It's true. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece is self care and self love. Nicole, you want to talk a little bit about self care and self love? Yeah, self care sounds like a, I'm going to go get a mani Petty.
1: Well, it can be. Absolutely. It's the things that make you feel better about yourself. I think self care is one of the. Of the four, I think it's actually one of the most important because I think it reflects everything else. If you're not taking care of yourself, you know the the metaphor that if you're in an airplane and you put the mask on first and then you can then save other people, it's kind of the same thing when it comes to self-care. You have to take care of who you are, what your purpose is, and what your why is. So that you then can go out and get a fulfilling career, you go out and get excited to do your exercise, and you can correlate healthy relationships. So, yeah, absolutely, and it can be a manicure, a pedicure, any of those things.
0: Self care to me is getting a haircut. A haircut every single week, (laughs) and uh, people make fun of me for it. I got to be fresh.
1: (laughs) You got to be fresh.
0: Um, But in terms of self care.
1: I think, Uh, let me interrupt you here because I also think self-care is mental health. If we can kind of bring that into the conversation too.
0: As you would say, 100%.
1: 100%.
0: 100%.
1: You really have to take care of your mindset and your purpose and your sense of worth. All of those things are tied in for me to self-care.
0: Well, self-care keeps you grounded, right? Yeah. And people often give their lives and their souls and their hearts and everything they have, they bleed for... Mm -hmm their jobs, their families, and they forget about themselves. Yep. And if you're not doing something for yourself, right, go fishing, go play a sport, play golf, play. The happiest people to me do the things that they love outside of the things that they're doing, their careers and stuff like that.
1: Right. And I think also what's in, in, you know, in terms of primary foods, what's important of the four for you may be a little bit different in terms of the order of those for me, you know, so I think you have to know who you are and, you know, decide what order of those primary foods are the most important for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know?
0: So those are essentially primary foods, right? You got to work on yeah. your relationships with other people. You have to have a support system. That's part of your healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a surrounding of people that just make you feel good. Yeah. I have gone as far as to take people out of my life and my surroundings. And as you get older, you realize, you know, you keep your, your circle gets smaller and smaller.
1: Yeah. And you're more confident to do that. You know, you feel good about yourself. You take care of yourself. You feel more confident that you're going to be a little more protective of who you have around you.
0: Yeah. Or, or it's also just, uh, mending relationships with people, not holding Mm -hmm. animosity towards people, right? Those things that they, they weigh down on you.
1: Yeah, for sure
0: regular exercise and activity one of the things that you know i always suggest is if you're track your steps get get your daily steps in if mm-hmm. you're not exercising right now that's first and foremost probably what you should be doing build yourself up if you're at 3000 or 5000 build yourself up to like 10000 get some resistance training in like we always talk about uh it's super important for your mind yeah that's it i mean Those are primary foods, so healthy relationships, regular exercise and activity, fulfilling career, self-care and self-love. Those are the things that you need to focus on in order for you to be able to focus on or work on your secondary foods, which are the foods that you consume. So how are primary and secondary foods intertwined? Right. So primary foods are all the things that you're focusing on in your life. And your secondary foods are the things that you're actually consuming, the, the edible things that you're doing, the, the intake of water, protein, carbs and fat. Uh, and they're kind of intertwined. Right. You can't really have one without the other. If your mindset isn't right, you can't really focus on the foods that you're eating for the day.
1: Haven't you ever come home from work and not felt like you wanted to cook dinner because you've had a long day and the kids are screaming and yelling and you're just overwhelmed? And so the behaviors that you set in motion to create change to cook dinner, which are your secondary foods that feed and fuel you, you let go of because you're out of balance in managing your stress for the day, okay? So say, for example, uh, you talked about support earlier. Say, for example, you come home and your spouse wants you to stay in for the night instead of going to the gym and instead of taking care of yourself and going to the gym, you decide to stay home with your spouse and you don't take care of getting your exercise in and then you don't sleep well for the night and then you wake up the next day and you feel guilt, shame that you didn't get your workout in. So they're, they're interchangeable in the sense that you need to have healthy relationships and have support that help you to make decisions to create change, but you also don't want to miss out on the opportunity to take charge and take control of the things that you want to change in your own life. I think relationships are a tricky one, and I don't know about you, but I've definitely experienced um, situations with clients where they come into the gym and they don't have the support of their spouse, and so they're coming to the gym during times that maybe don't feel the best to them. They don't don't work out well at night. They'd rather come in in the morning, but they're not able to do that. So I think it really depends on the person's how you balance out that exchange of both primary and secondary foods and how they intertwine with each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not saying don't spend time with your spouse. Obviously, you got to spend time, but you know, you have to kind of work everything, work your primary and secondary foods into your lifestyle.
1: Right. And this is what I'm saying. It's not that you don't want to spend time with your spouse. We don't want to, we don't want to say stuff like that. Spend
0: time with your spouse. (laughs)
1: Spend time with your spouse, but you also want it to be a supportive time. There has to be some sort of freedom in the sense that When you come home and you go to the gym, they do something that is self-care for them and makes them feel good. Maybe they work on stuff for work to fulfill themselves in their career, but there's a balance between the two um, and that you have that healthy relationship that you can both fulfill yourself with your primary foods and do things that that make you feel good. Because here's the thing. We always talk about counting calories, counting macros, tracking food. All of that is great. And it's super important if you're trying to create change, and we use that as a tool to become more aware of the things that we're putting in our body. But very rarely do we think of relationships, exercise, career, and self-care the same way that we think about macros and calories. It's not like you can count your relationship points or you can't count you know, on a, a tracker how fulfilled you are in your career. So it's a little bit harder to track those or pay attention to those or become aware of those. So I think bridging those together and just making sure that you know everything has its place, this is another reason why I think change is really hard for people. We talk about weight loss goals, and we all know that you can't create weight loss unless you create behavior changes in your life to make it a long-term lifestyle change.
0: Yeah, and- It's it's that fulfillment piece. It's it's recognizing whether or not you're fulfilled in certain areas of your life and working on the areas that you're not fulfilled in. The reason why you can't get your shit together if you're in this (laughs) cycle, right? Nicole, you mentioned that we're talking about long-term lifestyle change, right? How many people will lose a ton of weight because that's all they focus on is the macros, the calories, the carbs, the protein, the fat. They'll focus on all those things. They'll drop a bunch of weight but then they'll gain it back. And I think that there's a huge piece to that, that it's that they didn't focus, they focused on one thing. It was one dimensional. They didn't focus on their primary foods. So if you want to get your shit together and you want long-term sustainable change, right. you've got to get your primary foods in order.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Because it, the primary foods really connect to the reasons why you're looking to lose weight or looking to change your physique or looking to get healthy, whatever the why is. And that, that's another piece to this for long-term lifestyle changes. You really have to know the reason why you're doing these things. Because to your point, it's short-lived if it's just a weight loss goal. There's enough research now on diet culture that proves that we can do it for a short period of time, and it, but it's not sustainable. And unless we're really connecting to the reasons why we're doing it, and it is embedded into the life that we're living which affects everything that we do from career to self-care to relationships to our exercise all of those piece together and you know i always say you can you can cook a really healthy meal and sit down and eat it to fuel your body but if you are not feeling good happy and you know if i have a good day my food tastes way better if i've had a really crappy day even if it's good food. It doesn't taste as good. Have you ever experienced that?
0: I don't know, but I know my clients have.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair.
0: So, you know, and I've heard this kind of, you're on track, you're doing great, you get stressed out about your kids, or you get stressed out about your... Husband, or your job, or your ch- a change in your schedule, a change in your schedule, you should exactly. be able to make like a kind of a quick pivot and you should be able to learn to adapt. And I think that's part mm-hmm. of being successful too is that, and, I, and this is what I would discuss is life doesn't care about your goals. Right. And shit's always going to be flying at like your life's going to throw you a curveball. Nobody in your surroundings cares about your goals more than you do. Mm-hmm. And life definitely doesn't care. You can get an unexpected bill from a financial standpoint, which is part of your primary foods as well too, right? Like if you're not in a good place financially, get your shit together there because you'll just feel better about yourself. Uh, But you can get an unexpected bill, unexpected health issues with, let's say a relative, a grandfather or something like that. You know, All these things can happen in your life and you need to focus on really strengthening those primary foods so that you're strong enough to get through that and it doesn't even phase you. Things come at you and you make a quick pivot and you're just like, all right, well, I've got goals in mind. I'm going to figure it out day by day. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be stressed by it. And or
1: even Or even if you are stressed by it, because it's okay to be stressed, how do you cope with it? What action steps do you take in that stressful moment that are going to help you to create the change that you're looking to create?
0: Right. And you know, one of the dialogues that I always create is it's not necessarily about stress because stress is going to be there. It's going to exist regardless. You're never Mm going to get rid of stressors. So don't expect that. But what you can do is you can manage your stress. So there's kind of like a stress and there's a perceived stress on your body, the way your body perceives stress. So Mm -hmm. if you're really good at coping with stress and you figure that out and get a handle on that. And in some cases that might, might be meditation. And I used to think in terms of meditation, I used to think, oh, it's meditation. Like, Meditations for hippies, right? (laughs) But when I actually started doing it, I did it when I moved out to Boston. And because I had just grand opened a new club, I was working 12 to 16 hour days. I was trying to build a program, and and there was a lot involved in that. And I was very stressed out. So I went to, I found the app, Com.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: for some people, it's headspace. And mm-hmm. those are really the two biggest ones that that I found most people like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's literally 10 minutes of meditation. And it helps you to cope with stress. It helps to take your mind off of things when your mind is so scrambled and rambling and so consumed with daily stressors and things coming at you. So what it does or what it did for me was it allowed me to, when stress comes, my body doesn't perceive it as stressful as it is. Mm-hmm. And allowed me to cope with stress better.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Boston stressed you out so much.
0: You stressed me out.
1: <laughs> You're a New Yorker. You're supposed to be able to come here and handle anything, right?
0: I mean, yeah, I guess if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so essentially, you know, that's primary and secondary foods. Now, Nicole, you talked about your why. So, what does that mean? Your why? We we talk about that in this realm, in this field of health, wellness, and fitness,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is somebody's why?
1: Somebody's why is the deeper reason that you want to achieve a specific goal.
0: So not just like that surface level, I want to lose 20 pounds. Correct. So what's, what are some examples of deeper reasons why people want to achieve goals?
1: Well, I'll speak from the female side of that. Um, they want to look good naked. They want to feel better about themselves. They don't want to feel guilt and shame when they shop for clothes. They're the real deep reasons why you want to change, even if it's from a physical standpoint and then from a health standpoint as well. Maybe they want to be able to run a race with a group of friends, but they're embarrassed and they feel like they can't do it. So they want to be able to, this is where healthy relationships come in. They want to fit in and be part of a group. And you know, I can tell you this, I wanted when I started dating and I wanted to be able to, you know, take a CrossFit class or maybe join a running club to meet people from a social standpoint. I was a little bit nervous of, you know, doing some of these activities, playing golf. I learned how to play golf. And the reason's why I wanted to do all those things was because from a deeper perspective, I wanted to meet someone. I wanted to have a, you know, healthy relationship. I wanted to find a spouse. And I think those whys are important to understand for your just own perspective of creating long-term change.
0: You know what I think is a common uh, from a male perspective? What's that? I've seen it a ton. Teenagers getting out of relationships or males getting out, like when you break up at, at, like with a girl. Yeah. You want to look. And you're, and you're like a guy and you're like heartbroken. Yeah. And uh, you're just like, fuck this. I'm going to go lift weights and get huge. And that, that's a big, like, that's a why, right? Like absolutely, you're getting out of this hard time in your life where you're dealing with the stress that you've never dealt with. And you're like, I, Mm -hmm. I just, I want to move forward. And some people look to the gym and their exercise and their fitness plan and, you know, and, and that helps to shape and mold them. And ultimately they end up in this kind of path of, you know, focusing on becoming better people, Mm -hmm. having healthier relationships. Mm -hmm. They're working out all the time, so they're feeling better. They're feeling better about themselves. If you don't work out, the confidence isn't there.
1: There you go. That's the key word, confidence. That's definitely a deeper why.
0: Right? I I don't think that if if I didn't work out for the last, say, call it, I don't know, 15, 20 years, I would not have nearly the confidence that I have now. And now the... The thought of primary foods and secondary foods, essentially, you can kind of equate it back to, uh, we've all heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. right? And Maslow's hierarchy of needs basically is a pyramid. And at the bottom of the pyramid is physiological needs like food, air, water, shelter, things like that, sleep, Uh, reproduction is in there because that's a basic human need. Mm -hmm. We're we're here to procreate, essentially, if you look at it from more of a uh, scientific standpoint. Uh, our safety needs. So physiological needs is at the bottom of the pyramid. Our safety needs. We need a, we need a house. We need personal security. We need employment. Uh, we need to be healthy. I'm sorry, love and belonging. So you need to, you know, that's your relationships, your healthy relationships with other people, your Mm -hmm. self esteem, your self care. Right? Your mm-hmm. self actualization, which is at the top of the pyramid, which is, you know, who am I and what is my purpose? Purpose. Yeah. All of those things, they, they're basic human needs. So the primary foods is not something that primary and secondary foods isn't something that comes out of nowhere. This was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which in, he, in, in a way he said, these are basic human needs. And if we don't fulfill these basic human needs, we fall apart. We're, yeah. we, can't, we can't exist without fulfilling these things. Absolutely.
1: I think it, within the fitness realm, I think this is important in terms of primary foods because like we've been talking about earlier, that stuff gets kind of pushed aside. People come come into the gym so focused on just that those surface goals. And I think it's important to dig a little deeper, help your client figure out what it is that they're really there for because a lot of them really don't know.
0: Yeah. You're talking in terms of your why? Yeah. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you come, you come in, you go to the gym from a a fitness standpoint and, you know, you just, you think it's one thing, but it could actually be, it molds into something else. Yeah. And really the key thing in that is you've got to be consistent with your goals and what you're doing and Mm -hmm. you got to get through that tough beginning. And it's like anything else that you do that, that is new. Yeah. It takes time to practice and progress and really master it. So you've got to be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a why right now, trust me, it will come.
1: Surface, yeah,
0: absolutely. You you have a why, you just don't know what it is yet.
1: That's being really raw, honest with yourself too. You can continue to talk to yourself about a weight loss goal, but if you really ask those deeper questions, it's hard to do. It's not easy, trust me.
0: And for some people, it might be therapy.
1: I'm I'm
0: a huge advocate of, you know, it used to be kind of like, taboo, right? Is that the right word? Taboo? Yeah. taboo. Well, you- it, it used to be like taboo to like, oh, you go to a therapist, you must be crazy. But uh, nowadays it's more socially acceptable and it's something mm-hmm. that is great. And it's something that, you know, cognitive behavioral training mm-hmm. uh, and a good therapist uses motivational interviewing. A good therapist will essentially lead you to the answers and not necessarily tell you the answers.
1: Mm-hmm. We use that in coach in a co- the coaching aspect as well, supporting you through digging deeper questions that you create for yourself. You know, so like you said that therapy comes off as taboo. This is what I was saying earlier about mental health. I think mental health is becoming more acceptable, and that it's okay to talk about your feelings, go to someone, and express that you're unhappy express that a part of your primary foods don't feel good and that you want to make a change and that you want to pivot and then how to how do you do that exactly? Because I think a lot of people can say, Yeah, I may may not be happy in my career, but I really don't know what to do next or how to make a change.
0: I think for men that's a difficult thing to do. But I mean men don't men don't want to talk about their feelings. Right. (laughs) I I think that's also a very kind of old school mentality. But I think as we shape and shift the world, I, I think that you know, it's becoming more acceptable to talk about. You can't just internalize everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I want to take a little bit of time to talk about kind of, you know, motivation and what motivates people and how that pertains to mm-hmm. primary and secondary foods and how it's kind of typically thought about versus mm-hmm. how motivation should be thought about. Because I think there's a misconception around the word motivation. Yeah. Like Some people will be like, oh, yeah, motivation's bullshit because they think of it in the sense of. You watch a motivational video, and you're ready. You're ready to go. Get pumped but, up. <laughs> uh, how how do we?
1: Well, let me focus say this. on
0: motivation, and how should we focus on motivation?
1: Well, people generally think that you get motivated to do something, you take the action, create change, and then you get a result. That's typically what people think, and they wait to get motivated, or they watch a video to get motivated. But what we know about motivation is that. It's not consistent, you're gonna have days that you feel motivated and not motivated. So it's very up and down. So if you wait to consistently be motivated, that can be a bit of a challenge and can throw you off. So, what I think is a better option that you can do is to just take action. It doesn't matter what you do get up, get to the gym. Then you start to see results, and then you're motivated to keep going to continue to take action. So I always think, or I always try and explain to clients that if you get up and do something, anything, you're going to perpetuate the result and the reason to keep going, dig deeper into your why, and then you wanna continue to take action. Because action is what changes anything that we're looking to do in life. Without action, we get nowhere.
0: So two things, one, from a motivational standpoint, I always tell people the most important, what I'll tell you is the most important time to do things and to take action is when you're not motivated because then you're building habits of, I am I do it every day like clockwork and this is what I do and, and it takes a little bit to catch, but you just have to force yourself to get up and do it, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be, you know, eating well or, you know, staying within a macronutrient composition or, you know, a certain number of calories or... It's uh you know something simple like getting your steps in you've got to take action mm-hmm. on the days that you're not motivated because it's that much easier to do it than on the days that you are motivated right, so there's that piece to it, and then the second piece, like I just mentioned, is the habit piece to it is that mm-hmm. you've got to just take take it one step at a time, don't think about the big goal think right. about. The steps that you're taking and take it day literally minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And then before you know it, you're like, okay, cool. At the end of the day, you check off a box and you're like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, cool. I ate well today. I stayed on track. I got in my steps. I just have to do that again and repeat it again tomorrow. And then it just yeah. becomes this kind of cyclical thing where you're doing it on a daily, regular basis. And you don't even realize that those things are changing and they're molding you. And there's also a kind of neuroplasticity piece to it is that Mm -hmm. you are getting used to this is my daily routine and this is what I do. And your body just gets used to that becoming part of your life.
1: Right. Then we create lifestyle change.
0: But we've got to think about the day by day, the minute by minute, the hour by hour. What am I doing right now? What am I doing today? We can't think about the big goal. like I've got a 50 pound weight loss goal or I want to build 20 pounds of muscle. Right. Or I want to feel better. Even in terms of feeling better, that takes time, and you just have to take the proper steps in the right direction. Or I want to get to bed earlier. Like, just you got to focus on doing those things. On a take it as it comes, and fo- and and work out chunks at a time, and eventually you'll get there. And you also have to. People think with the thought process of like, I'm just gonna get there, and there's an end. There should yes. not. There should not no be a end. thought process of an end. It should be. This is Mm -hmm. my lifestyle because if there's an end, you're not going to stick to it and you're not going to be successful long-term.
1: Or you knuckle go through it till you get to that point and then you let everything go.
0: There's that motivational piece and the action piece. And there are some exercises that you can do too, Mm -hmm. right? That will help you to manage your stress or manage your life or cope with some certain things. Mm -hmm. And they might seem like kind of a little bit out there, but when you do them, they work. Absolutely.
1: I have heard that many times. I'll ask um, clients to do what you're talking about are three exercises that I use use pretty much every session. The circle of life exercise, empowerment tasks, and fulfillment lists. Those are three exercises that you can utilize to help prioritize your primary foods and create focus and empower you to continue to take action.
0: So, Nicole, explain to me the circle of life,
1: so the circle of life. And it sounds kind of hokey, but the
0: circle of life.
1: <laughs> oh, it does. It sounds kind of hokey. And when I it, you know, when you explain it, let me tell you what it is. So the circle of life is almost like a big wheel and it has all types of tasks within each spoke of the so wheel.
0: You draw a circle, circle on a piece of paper and you draw essentially a uh, a bike wheel. Yeah, bike wheel.
1: And each spoke has going to bed early, eating healthy, creating better financial situation, working on my relationship with my husband or wife, getting to the gym four days a week. And each client will have a different bike wheel based on the things that they want to work on. And so once you write all that down, You place a dot on each of the spoke wheels. The furthest away from the center it is are the ones or the areas that you need to do more work on that you want to focus on. And the ones closest to the center, you feel a little more confident about maybe you don't need so much work on. And it just is a great visual for you to get an idea of what things you may want to prioritize to work on first.
0: So you can probably use like a scale of 1 to 10, right? And, and kind of, so you can incorporate if you want a yeah. uh, scale of one to 10 in that and say, hey, 10 being like, this is the worst. It's not together whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being, you know, I, I, I kind of have this down and, uh, you know, judge where you're going to put that on the spoke based mm-hmm. on, you know, whether it was a one or a five or a 10.
1: Right. And then we use empowerment tasks to take each of the exercises that you want to work on for your circle of life and we create empowerment tasks. So let's use an example of if, Darone, on your circle of life, you want to get to bed earlier, that's one of you want to work on your sleep, the empowerment task would be that you will have a specific time at night, say 10.30, where you turn off work, you turn off your television, you shut everything down, you put your earbuds in, and you listen to your Calm app. And you're going to do that every day, Seven days, we do it like a weekly task list, and then when we meet for our session, we check in and see how you did.
0: Awesome! And then, fulfillment lists
1: oh, yeah, fulfillment lists. I actually really like fulfillment lists. Um, basically, a fulfillment list is a list of tasks that you can do that have absolutely nothing to do with food that feed you. So, it could be you go for a walk with Kobe that f- fulfills you, but it has nothing to do with actually. Your secondary foods.
0: Kobe is my fabulous, most handsomest <laughs> Siberian Husky because they're the best dogs in the entire universe, by the way.
1: Kobe is a very good dog. Um, and other fulfillment list or fulfillment tasks would be listening to music, dancing, cooking can be a fulfillment, meal prepping, something that you're going to do that you know, doesn't create a reward system with food
0: something that you're going to do for you yeah part of the self-care
1: it's part of the self-care practice a lot of people will go for a walk outside i've been doing that every day during covid and it's been amazing getting a little extra vitamin d doing a puzzle things like that
0: so i mean i think that's pretty much it right
1: yeah i think that pretty much covers it
0: so we went moral of the story nicole if we just had to recap don't just think about your carbs, fat, protein, calories, counting your calories and your macros. You also have to work on other things. And it's, it's fitness is a journey of bettering yourself yes. in all areas, not just physically, but also mentally. So you need to start to chip away at some of the things going on in your life, regardless of what they are. And you yourself know because you're the person living with yourself or you have to just kind of take a look at your life, take a snapshot and say... What are some of the areas of opportunity that I have to work on? And uh, this will cause long-term change. And there are obviously the circle of life exercise, the empowerment test, and then your fulfillment list that are just tools that you can use in your arsenal to try and live a healthier life and, and just be more fulfilled overall.
1: Yeah, it just creates a little more awareness. And like we said earlier, if you're digging into your why, and you're trying to really figure out what that is, the circle of life empowerment task and the fulfillment list really do help you to create a little more focus so that you can figure that out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, hit subscribe, give us five stars, comment, and we'll see you next week. Or we won't see you, we'll hear you. Or no, you'll hear us. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Bye.